Livy G and I'm thrilled to welcome you back to the Live Outside the Bubble podcast. Remember, our goal here is to provide practical and oftentimes biblical tips to help you find your confidence in Christ if you're a believer so you can initiate and maintain deeper, more meaningful relationships with those that exist right around you. So with that in mind, let's jump right on into introducing my fabulous guest on today. He is one of the wisest people I know who never fails to bring a smile to your face. Whether he's teaching or handing out candy, which happens, you know, to be around Halloween and his birthday time. Um, He has such a bright light encouraging um, everybody that comes into contact with him. And he just leaves you feeling like a million bucks. I could go on and on about him, but you'll see for yourself. So without further ado, I am absolutely honored to have on Mr. Todd Mowdy with me today. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Olivia. I appreciate you having me on here, and uh, you've uh, set me up too highly there. Uh, oh, no, absolutely <laughs> yeah, not. No, you, you deserve every single word. Tall of a there. <laughs> no. It should be a lot lower. No, no, but, definitely um, not. But I appreciate the kind words. I really do, and I, and I thank the world of you, and you know that. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I'm just so excited to get right on into this topic of which you demonstrate so well in the witness of your life, which is, you know, generosity, you know, thankfulness, gratefulness. And let's just dive right into the first question. So, Mr. Mowdy, I'm constantly amazed at your incredible generosity and just overflowing heart of gratitude. You truly know how to make each student who walks through the doors of your classrooms feel seen heard, understood, but most importantly, loved. So my question is, how do you do it? You know, like, what's your secret sauce, per se, behind your attitude and heart full of kindness? Well, um, I think it's uh, just the way Christ has worked in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, uh, I was very blessed to be raised in a good Christian home and have the the good example to follow, um, not only from Christ himself, but um, from my parents and my grandparents, I was very blessed to have people that treated others with love and respect at all times. And uh, so I'm blessed in that way. Um, I was thinking about this question um, uh, a couple of days ago, and and one of the things that made me think about was the golden rule. Mm. Um, When I was a child, I was given this little I don't know what you call it, like a little thing that's got tassel on it, and I'd yeah. hang it, and I had it hanging above my bed, and I and I read that every day, and you know it talked about how Jesus um, basically said to you know treat others yeah. as you would have others treat yeah. you, right? So um, that was kind of a cornerstone of, of who I was as I as I grew up, and I always tried to treat others with respect, um, and like the way they you know would want to be treated, uh-huh. you know. Um, because that's the way Christ taught us. You know, he treated uh, everyone with respect. Absolutely. And um, then I was thinking about, you know, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, mm-hmm. he replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so to me, it's all about love. Um you know, Jesus called us to love one another, yeah. right? And that's that's how we're going to change the world. That's how we're going to make differences in people's lives. Um, if we love others, you know, they'll listen to you, you know, and they're going to see you and they're going to hear these things. So, you know, we're often given a choice to respond. And I did a children's sermon on this a couple years back about how do we respond to the way life hits us or Mm -hmm. the things that people do to us, you know, people can show us love. They can show us hate at times, you know, we're going to get both sides and how we respond is, is what, what's left there. And Mm -hmm. so I had this thing where I had like these cards and they had either love or hate printed on them. Mm -hmm. And I like slapped them up on the wall. I said, okay, somebody throws hate at you. Somebody hates you or does something to you that's hateful. You know, how are you going to respond to that? Mm-hmm. You know, we could respond one of two ways. We can respond back with love mm. or we can respond with hate. And so I said, let's imagine we respond with hate. And I slapped another hate right over top of that hate. Mm-hmm. I said, what are we left with? You know, all we're left with is more hate. Yeah. 
That's good. And if we slap love on top of that, yeah. I said, now look what we're left with. Yeah. We're left with that love. Okay. And so love yeah. is going to win if we let, if we let love be our guide. Absolutely. And so to me, that's, that's what we need to do. We need to learn how to respond more with love because when we do love wins Yeah. and there's a great power in love. And so, you know, that's, if, if Jesus himself said that the two greatest commandments were all about love, right? then that's pretty important. Yeah, right? 100%. <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to mention, like two things from that is, number one, I love how you mentioned it starts young. Like with the whole like thing that was heading, like um, hanging over your bed and that you read every day, like, and then the children's, like getting it into children's minds or just teenagers, anybody young, if you raise a child up, you know, in a certain way, that's the way they should not leave it when they get older. Right. You know, in Proverbs, it says that. And so I love how you mentioned that, but also love how you mentioned that it's not how people re- react to us. It's how we react to their reaction. You know what I'm saying? Like we exactly. can control us and us only, and it is up to us how we react. It's not, I mean, the hate's going to be there. It's already posted on the wall because they've already reacted that way. But it is then our decision to say, you know what? I'm going to respond lovingly. I'm going to, you know, take the higher road. I'm going to do as Jesus did and like hold love in a high regard because it's important how we react to each other when we are presented with those situations. So I love, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, no, but hundred percent love that you, you brought out those two things. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jesus even said, you made me think of this as you were mm-hmm. talking there that, um, you know, the world hate, hated me. 100%. They're going to hate you. Yeah. So don't think that you won't be hated. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's, it's not, yeah. you know, he, he warned us, he told yeah. us, you know, that this is what's going to happen. He told his disciples, you know, they're going to hate you hundred uh, for, for what you believe. And, right. uh, so it's tough. It's tough uh, to, to live a Christian life and to always respond with love. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing. You know, no. sometimes our, our sinful nature, our uh, inside feelings, you know, we kind of tend to want to go towards, you know, somebody slaps you upside the face, you know. Right. You kind of want to retaliate. You know, you want to retaliate. Sure. That's what our sinful nature is wanting to do, wanting you to do. Um, but Jesus told us, obviously, you know, turn mm-hmm. the other cheek, um, which is it's a countercultural it's like, it's way of living yeah. yeah it's very but um, you see the fruits of that so much though because like you said if you just put hate over top of hate all you get is double the hate yeah. so but however if on the other end you put love on top of hate you know love covers a multiple multitude of sins right mm-hmm. first corinthians mm-hmm. um it's just it makes the world such a better place um and even if you're not a christian just consider like the impact or the power that you could have on another human being because i've said this before but whether you realize it or not you are influencing other people you are an influencer whether you have three friends or three thousand followers on instagram you know Mm -hmm. so how you choose to wield that influence, how you choose to act and react really does matter to the people around you. Um, even those who aren't close to you because they see through you, the witness of your life. And so do you want to be known for at the end of the day, what do you want your legacy to be? Do you want to be one of love and support and encouragement and gratitude? Or do you want to be known as someone who just brought more hate into the world? And just consider, like, I would even say practically sit down and maybe for a couple minutes take a sheet of paper or a pen, a pencil, and just write down, you know, what is it that, you know, I'm my thoughts are running through today? How have I either been influenced or am I influencing others? And the more awareness you have, the more mindfulness, we talked about this with Coach Meacham in the other episode, the more mindfulness, the more you're aware of your thoughts, the more you can then take them captive and say, is this bringing more good into the world? Is this bringing more peace, more love? Or is this bringing more hate? And then from there, just assess. And it doesn't have to take, you know, 30 minutes or so, you know, it could be as simple as five minutes, just writing stuff down. It's just 
practicing mindfulness is so important just anyways, um, even if you're not a Christian, but I 100% encourage you when you like, especially if you are a Christian to just assess, you know, just do that constant renewal of your mind and say, okay, how can I be more loving? How can I be more grateful today? Yeah. And, and uh, I can think of times when I have responded the wrong way oh, in 100%. situations. And yes. so, yeah, to, to, like you say, to practice that mindfulness and to, to maybe go back and think about the day and say, you know, yeah. did, did the things I do today, did they bring glory to God? Was I living or loving others the way God wanted me to? Right. Or the uh, way he's loved me. Right, right the way right. he's loved me. And uh, so I can I can think back to times like as a teacher, uh, sometimes, you know, I have, I try to always respond with love Um even when disciplining uh, a student, but sometimes I, I can recall times when I said things to a student or got really angry at a student because they had really pushed my buttons to the, to the right. point where yeah. you know, I wasn't happy and uh, and just responded in a bad way. And I can remember specifically one particular student and I, I had him in the hallway and I just really yelled at him. And, right. I, and I, I felt so bad later. I went back and reflected on that later in the day and said, wow, mm-hmm. that was Todd, what were you doing? You know, right. no, that was not the right way to have responded. Um, and so I, I pulled that student aside the next day and said, hey, I'm, you yeah. know, I'm sorry. I, the way I responded to you yesterday was was not right. And so, you know, I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah. you know, I just asked him for, to forgive me. Yeah. And, and one so, thing that we can like that goes right along with gratitude is humility. Mm-hmm. I think that's oftentimes not not talked about because you know, we're not going to be 100% perfect all the time. We're going to mess up. And that's happened, I'm sure, in your life, in the listeners' lives, in my life especially. Like, we're going to mess up, but it's it's how we react. It's what we do what we do after that that truly matters. And it's how are we going to rectify the situation? How are we going to show love even when we messed up? And I think that's when you show your true colors and your true character. And it's just – it all goes back to, like, assessing practically – what did I do? What can I do to fix it? How can, cause you know, we're going to mess up and our witness isn't always going to be perfect, but I think our witness when it's not perfect is actually at its strongest because, you know, Christ is, you know, cause through our weakness, Christ makes us strong. And so whenever we do show our weakness, it's how we react in that weakness that truly matters. And the people see that, you know, People are paying attention to you, even if you don't realize it. Um, Because, and that's why it's so important to just, even when nobody's watching, you know, maintain that integrity, that intentionality of, you know, acting out of love and not hate. Um, And one thing that, as you were talking, I I was thinking, you know, we're called to a higher standard. And it says in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, you know, His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are far above anything we could ever imagine. And I heard a podcast the other other day and it was talking about how God, God's ways are high and he wants you to attain that, but he's going to help you along the way. Like he's not going to lower his ways because he's God, but he's going to help you along with that. Um, And also in Ephesians four, it says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. So I think that just perfectly ties in together humility and also, you know, being gentle and having gratitude because by, you know, it's kind of like a chain reaction of when you are humble, when you are gentle, when you are patient, the love just flows from you so it's all these little things fruits if you you know want to take it that way that just add up to this huge bounty of just righteous living or just living out of love and if you're trying to attain that it's actually easier than you may think it's a bunch of little things adding up to make a huge thing so yeah i just wanted to mention that um, can I say one final yes. thing on love there? Um, I was This just kind of really, for some reason it hit me yesterday. I was out for a walk. My daughter was at ballet last night. I was mm-hmm. out for a walk in uh, Frankfurt and just 
kind of scrolling along. There weren't wasn't anybody out on the streets for some reason. It was just really <laughs> weird. I was like all alone walking around. Wow. Like, Why is nobody out tonight? It's a beautiful night to be yeah. out for a walk. But uh, I just had that time to kind of sit and contemplate some things, and um, it just suddenly hit me. It's like God was just trying to to say something to me, and and I thought about First uh, Corinthians thirteen, which is often quoted. You know, right. you, we're all familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I what really hit me was I was thinking about how that uh, chapter ends. It says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Mm-hmm. So you think about this. Um, Jesus talked about the power of faith, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, if you have a faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Now, if that's how powerful faith is, right? and if love is the greatest of faith, hope, right. and love, then... How powerful is love? You know, what so can powerful. we do with love? Love is it's powerful. We can change 100%. the world with love. And uh, I kind of really wish that in our world uh, more people would turn to love as their first <laughs> emotion. Yeah. Um, I, I think about our leaders, you know, leaders yeah. in our world, leaders in our own country. You know, there seems to be so much divisiveness and hate uh, right. and vitriol and all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, if we would just look at each other in a loving way, uh, what could we do? You know, what could right. we accomplish? What could so. we accomplish? Amazing. Yeah, I love that you shared yeah. that because, you know, faith, you know, has the power to move mountains in your life and hope, you know, that's what's kept a lot of people alive. Right. And it's like if if love is greater than faith and hope, then what can we do? Because it's almost like, and I'll mention this later with gratitude too, but love is like our secret weapon. Um, it's a tool in our toolbox that we can use to effectively fight against, you know, the advances of, of the devil or, you know, mental illness and depression. A lot of young people struggle with that. Well, young and old people struggle with that. Like if you're a human being, you've been sad before, right? So it's, it's just love really does bring people together. It's like a glue that just, you know, everybody comes together. And I don't want to say, oh, it's a kumbaya kind of thing, because, you know, it, it is difficult. Yeah. Um, but I think if more people were more motivated to love rather than do what, you know, our nature wants to do, which is hate, then I think this world would be at a better place. And, Absolutely. Um, I wanted to transition into something that I've always admired about you. You are so wise, and I've experienced that firsthand. Um, whether it's about computer science and engineering or simply just life itself, you know, I've learned over years that wisdom often comes from a source or several sources. So can you tell us a little bit about someone or a few someones who spoke wisdom and life into your life at a time when you needed it most? So like, what's a piece of advice that they've given you that stuck with you the most? Well, um, I think of a couple particular instances that come to mind, but uh, I'll start with this. My um, First of all, I'll start off by saying that, you know, I was raised in a church, you know, from the time as early as I can remember. Right. Uh, Mom and dad were taking me to church. I was very blessed to have two parents that are very spiritual, loving, um, caring. They were always um, going out and helping other people. Um, and then my grandparents as well, uh, very good, strong Christian grandparents. You know, I can think back to times when I was at uh, each of my grandparents' homes and we would read the Bible. You know, they would gather us grandchildren into the room and we would sit around and read the Bible. Or when we were eating meals, you know, my grandfather would open up the Bible and read from the Bible prior to us eating. Mm-hmm. You know, food sitting there getting cold on the table, but he didn't care. <laughs> Come on, we're, Grandpa. We, you know, we got priorities here. So they were like, okay. All sure right. Can't wait to dig into Grandma's mashed potatoes. But, you know, we got to get through that whole chapter. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, it was great. I mean, I look back and I cherish yeah. those memories. And so I was very blessed to have been raised in a church, and a lot of people aren't, you know. Right. And so I had a very strong foundation. Um but I'll tell you um, that uh, in my early 20s, I started to really drift away from God and yeah. from the church, um, just to be honest. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to get a little 
personal here. Hope yeah. you don't mind. No, that's um, completely fine. You're going to see a new layer of Mr. Mowdy, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was not living a Christian life. Uh, I had met my, uh, uh, well, my girlfriend who was going to become my first wife. Um, and our relationship, quite honestly, just didn't have any spiritual component at all. Yeah. You know, we uh, moved in together. Um, and even once we got married, we just, we didn't have any kind of a spiritual relationship at all. I wasn't going to church. I was working like three jobs. I was in college. I was trying to do what I thought was best, uh, to raise my family. But in hindsight, I was not putting the effort into the places in my life where I really needed to be. You know, I was not, uh, we weren't going to church, you know? I was not spending time in prayer and in and studying the word. You almost um, didn't get that nourishment. No, I didn't at all. Yeah. I was so malnourished, if you right. will. Right. Um, I was in a bad place. Right. And I went through some really, really down times. And so, you know, for years, uh, you know, I lived like that. And um, one day I was in a grocery store in Taylorsville. And this was one of those times when I will, I'll never forget this moment. Um I reflect back on certain times of my life and I know that I'll never forget these things, but mm-hmm. there was this wonderful lady that was uh, a member of my church in Taylorsville and her name was Miss Annie Edwards. And mm-hmm. she, I consider her to be an angel. She's an absolute angel. Yeah. Um, such a wonderful spiritual woman. Um, but I ran into her and she just came up and kind of grabbed me by the arm and said, Hey Todd, um, really miss seeing you in church. Uh, yeah. No, she hadn't been there. Yeah. recently and I said well you know Miss Annie I'm busy you know I've got yeah. you know several jobs I work a lot of these weekends and right. um, got school you know and all my studies to, to put up with and you know I've got a lot going on and she said you know I imagine you spend quite a few hours doing those things every week she said don't you think you could maybe take a couple hours out of your busy week mm-hmm. and come to church and it just really hit me yeah. you know it really hit me at that moment um, and several things, uh, like, I think it kind of my heart really needed that at that moment. Yeah. I, I was not happy. I was no, in a place yeah. where I wasn't happy. Um, it was like you're missing something. I was definitely missing yeah. something. And I was, I was missing so many things. But, you know, at that moment, I realized that, first of all, that Miss Annie just really, she really, you know, loved me. And, and it was, she loved me enough to kind of, like, tell me the truth. You know, 100%. speak to me in truth. And, yeah. um, and uh, so I started thinking more and more about that conversation. I said, you know what? She's absolutely right. I've got to do something. And I knew mm-hmm. kind of deep inside, I knew that all the problems I was having in my life and the unhappiness I had, uh, I, I kind of knew deep inside that it, it all stemmed from my uh, getting away from God right. and from not doing what he right. was wanting me to do because I was... I wasn't uh, living the way he wanted me to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was thinking about this. Um, you know, Olivia, what what would happen if you if you took your cell phone? Do you charge your cell phone at night? Yeah. Yeah. What if you plugged it in for five minutes each night? Uh, how would wouldn't that work? charge yeah, ever. It would, yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> yeah. last longer. No, it wouldn't. Would. And it's the same way with our spiritual life. I wasn't doing anything to charge up myself spiritually or to stay in God's word. And so I think about it like that, you know, I was, no wonder things were so horrible. No wonder I was so miserable. Um, I hadn't been devoting any of my life to God and, and and I really started to see it. And I felt God kind of tugging at me at that point. Like he was, he was trying to pull me out of this, what felt like kind of like this whirlpool that was like sucking me down and he was pulling me, and yet I felt like my why my first wife and, mm-hmm. and all the other things in the world were pulling me in the other direction. There was this right. this great tension in my life, um, and as you know, as you know, if you're pulling something from both sides, you're, you're about ready to break. rip it apart. And yeah. I felt like I was going to rip it apart, and so um, I said, you know what, I'm going to start going to church. Yeah. I'm going to get back into church and just start putting one foot in front of another. Yeah. And so I started to do that. And my, my wife uh, did not want to do that. Right. You know, um, she was kind of really uh, rejecting all these things. And I was like, hey, I've got to make a change. You know, 100%. I've got to make a change here. Um, I was depressed. I had 
some severe anxiety. I was drinking heavily and, um, I just knew I had to have some sort of way out. And so I, uh, just said, you know what, I'm going to give it up to you, God. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to let you kind of take over and start leading me. So, um, I actually wound up making a lot of changes in my life. I wound up actually getting divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and really kind of separated from my job and did all yeah. sorts of other things and got away from things where I felt like I was just kind of just going with the flow in my life. I felt like, yeah. you know, I, I didn't have any control over where I was going. I was just kind of letting the world dictate you, what yeah. I was doing and everything, everywhere I was going. Right. And so, um, and that's why I was so unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, but until I gave everything back over to God and said, you know, God, I'm, I'm ready to make a change. I need to yeah. get back um, on the right track. And uh, so I started, you know, devoting myself to his word and really reading my scriptures um, and praying a lot. And, uh, and fortunately, God heard those prayers yeah. and he brought me out of a very dark time in my life. And so just so thankful for that and for his love and, and for Miss Annie, for yeah. her just taking that moment, you know. And yeah. one of my favorite books is um, called Just a Minute. And it's uh, written about basically these moments when people right. have reached out and just said 100%. something to you yes. that changed your life. Yes. You know, and we have the power to do that as well. And so yes. I recognize that all the time. And when you ask me, like, you know, what you, what's your secret sauce? Well, that's one of my things. I, I try to be an encourager. 100%. I want to reach out and and tell people, even those that may not even like me, you know, right. try to give them some sort of a word of encouragement. Yeah. And so what Miss Annie did for me, she, she, well, not just her, God changed my life, 100%. but she was uh, a vessel Monumental. in that, yes. that change. And I wanted, and, yeah, I wanted to pause right there and say that is one of the main goals of this podcast is to empower you to be one of those change makers. Yeah. Because like I said before, we all have influence. And, you know, Miss Annie to you was monumental in your life. I mean, it it really caused you to stop and change and, you know, take a look deep at your life. And I think we all need those people to challenge us, not just agree with us, but challenge us to become more to become something, you know, greater than ourselves. Because the truth is, by ourselves, we cannot do anything. But I bet God was speaking through her in that grocery store when she put her hand on your arm and said, can you give me two hours? Yeah. It was really God saying, can you can you give me two hours? Yeah, yeah let's start there. You know, like, yeah. let's start and there. It's, it's baby steps. And I wanted to ask you, this isn't one of my questions, but... How did you get the courage to change? Because I know it's so, like, it must have been really tough because, you know, you have all these things in your life, your jobs, your marriage. What what was it that really got you to change? I think it was just the that, that pulling on my heart that I felt God pulling on me. Um, that you couldn't ignore, and, and, right? And, well, I'm going to tell you, I was at a very low point of, yeah. like, and when I talk about depression, I was severely depressed. I really yeah. was. I was in a bad place. And um, it's, it's going to sound odd, but I, I'd actually watched this movie, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. And there was a part in that that I just wept when yeah. at a couple parts of that movie. So I was at a very emotional part or, yeah. or stage in my life uh, with this depression and everything. And, and in there, there's a part where he says, uh, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. And I said, man, what am I doing? What? Yeah. Am I busy living or dying here? Yeah. And I just kind of wept and broke down mm. as I watched that movie and thought, man, I got to get busy living. Yeah. I got to break out of this cycle that I'm in. You know, this is this is not where God wants me to be. Right. Um, and I and I do love that movie. It, it's got some very uplifting parts. You know, the part at the end when they talk about hope. You know, that 100%. also really touched me. One of the you three know. things. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and hope is so powerful. Yes. And, uh, you know, in fact, that's the last words of the movie says, I hope. 
you know, and that's yeah. the way it ends. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. And I, again, I can remember still watching that movie and just thinking, wow, I, you know, I, I need to have that hope. I need to find some way out of this system. So, yeah. um, yeah. Um, sorry, I kind of got off the track there, but it's anyway, okay, yeah. but God, uh, it was just all because, you know, I felt God pulling on my heart and I yeah. basically broke down and cried and, and just cried out to God, God, can you help me out of this situation? Yeah. You know, I, out of I, those I, I need to get prayers. out of this. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just fortunate. And he met you he, there he is the thing. He like did. he doesn't just leave us there. Uh-huh. He meets you right where you're at, whether you're in the lowest valley and you don't think anyone can hear or see you. Uh-huh. God sees you, you know, and I think that's so encouraging for someone to hear if someone's out there and they're relating to this and they're like, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I don't know. I'm like, I'm getting busy dying. I'm not getting busy living. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I think, you know, purpose anxiety is huge, especially for people my age going into college or even if you're in high school, like figuring out what you want to do with the rest of your life. And I think it's really encouraging to hear your story, especially to know that there is a God who will meet you where you're at and give you the tools you need to get out. He will. He will he will take care of you. A hundred percent. Um, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, seek and you will find. Yeah. You know, knock, knock and the door and will the door be open. And it will be. Uh, yeah. you have to have that faith. You have to take yeah. a step forward in faith. Yeah. And, and I think it's it's baby steps, absolutely. but they have to be steps. Mm-hmm. I don't like I don't think we can just sit still and expect God to move us. We have to be moved, you know, ourselves. We have to move ourselves, And that's all about, like, the action part of it. Like, you know, love is action. Love is sacrifice. Love is, you know, going out and be the light. Oh, yeah. um, so I kind of want to transition into my next question. Um, you know, this podcast is all about getting outside your comfort zone, right? Living outside the bubble. Um, I wanted to ask you, Mr. Maddie, what does it practically look like or mean to you to live outside the bubble? So talk to us about a time you stepped outside of your comfort zone. Um, what you realized and how did that change you? Okay, well, um, It's a big question. <laughs> yeah, it is a big question. So I was thinking, and you can about, go anywhere you want with this. Okay, so um, this brings me back to you know another person who really touched my life. Um, after I'd gone through this period of depression and, and kind of got mm-hmm. myself back in church and was really uh, trying to uh, focus on my um, spiritual health more than anything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I'd quit my job, my previous job, and was working at a factory, and I met this wonderful man. His name was George Jones, mm-hmm. um, not the George country singer. Jones. Yeah, not the country singer. <laughs> Dang. But yeah, Changing George lines. Jones, man, he was an incredible um, Christian man, and he made a huge impact on my life mm-hmm. um, right when I needed it. Right. And so he was every day, like, talking about God's word and just lifting me up and everybody around him. Like, it didn't matter if they were Christian or not. He was like, he'd quote scripture to you all day long and and just always smiling and laughing and (laughs) always just, you know, patting you on the back. Hey, it's going to be a great day. You know, he was just such a uplifting person. But uh, he and I had so many good conversations about Mm -hmm. God and about our spirituality. Um, And uh, I can still remember, you know, all the time I, I can, when I'm in a situation, I think back to something that George said to me. You yeah. know, he, he was that kind of person that just left an indelible mark on my life. And so, uh, again, I'd been really studying the word and was really working hard at that. And so George actually uh, said to me, he's like, you know, Todd, and sometimes he call me Todd the man. He said, Todd the man, you know, <laughs> um, he said, I think you need to go to your pastor and uh, tell him you want to teach Sunday school for the teenagers. And, wow. And I was like, uh, really challenged you Yeah. There. And like, okay, so first of all, if you knew me <laughs> in high school, if yeah. you didn't tell me that I was going to be a teacher one day, I would have laughed, laughed and everybody in my class would have laughed. They would have said, no, this guy is not going to be a teacher. In fact, I just saw one of my friends our day and I was telling him about teaching. He's like, 
oh, I never saw that coming. <laughs> like, never saw that coming. Um, That's the thing so, about Jesus. He'll so, take you oh, to places man. you never thought you'd That's go right. and doing and, things you never thought you would. Absolutely. So I was like, okay, George. Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> that sounds I'll, interesting. I'll, I said, yeah. He said, we'll pray about it. Pray about it. I said, okay, <laughs> I'm going to pray about it, George. So I started praying about it. And, and the more I prayed about it, I thought, you know what? And this was, you talk about getting out your side, your comfort zone. Oh, like this yes. was, this was outside my comfort zone. I, I'd not been a teacher. I had never right. taught anyone, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was a simple factory worker at the time. I'm just, you know, right. you know, shoving parts in the bins all day sure. long. And I, I wasn't a teacher. And so I really started praying about it and I felt God kind of leading me in that direction. I mean, in a strong way. Yeah. And so one day I was walking out of church. And I was like, okay, I need to just say something. I need to say something yeah. to my pastor today. I need to just say, hey, would it be all right if I yeah. maybe started teaching the teens class? And he reached over and grabbed me by the arm, and he said, Todd, I've been thinking about something. Okay. He said, uh, how would you like to teach the teen Sunday school class? No and way. I was just like, wow, God, wow. are you serious? Like, And I said, yes, I would love to yes. do it. You know, and so – I started doing that, and that was back in 1997 when I started teaching that class, mm-hmm. um, and I loved it. You know, I loved working with, and we had a small class at first. We had just like three students, right. okay, um, in that class. We had just this really nice little class there, but but I really enjoyed it. And then eventually, we had some others move in, and so we wound up having like eight to ten students in my class. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really realized at that point that um, I loved. Two things. I loved spending time with young people and mentoring them and right. and uh, teaching them about God's word. But I just kind of by by George's, you know, taking that moment and saying, you know, kind of leading me in that direction. He changed the entire my entire future. Yeah. By what he said to me, because I wouldn't be with you right now 100%. on this podcast. I would never have met you, Lily, because I would have never dreamed of going into teaching. But having that experience of teaching. Um, I said, you know what? I really enjoy working with young people so much. We, my, 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 I got married to my second wife. We started right. um, doing a youth uh, ministry at the church as well. Um, and I said, you know, I think God's calling me into education. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. where I need to be. And so I obviously went back to school. Um, I had dropped out previously, but I went back to school, started uh uh, taking my education courses and got my math degree and then got my education certification um, and became a teacher. And it all went back to George uh, reaching out to me and saying, yeah. like, hey, you know, I feel like God wants you to, you know, teach That's a crazy. Sunday school class. And obviously he did because then the pastor to reach out to me on the day when I was thinking about saying something to him, it was you, just, wow. I mean, God yeah, works cold chill still thinking about it. amazing ways. And Absolutely. he sends people and situations oh, and yeah. circumstances into our lives. And I think that's why it's always good to be mindful and to kind of take captive every thought and every, you know, what what goes on throughout the day or what what god is impressing on your heart because like don't ignore that because there are people that are faithful and obeying god to you know reach out and say a word like you could be that person you could be the george jones you could be the miss annie right um that could change the trajectory of someone's life i mean we're talking about people's lives here like this is this is monumental stuff and to think that there's little people, you know, throughout the day and throughout the years that make a huge difference. Like, I'm just so grateful to them because of their little step of, of obedience. You've changed, like, thousands of students' lives. Like, it's it's not even close, like, the amount of influence that you've had on these kids that have come through your classroom just because you know, Miss Annie, George Jones, you know, they really invested in you. And I think that that's why it's so, I'm so passionate about this is because we have the ability to do that. And it's just amazing that how God works through the little things in order to affect big changes. And I just find that so encouraging because it's, it's something that we should try to attain and try to reach for 
is to be that person to make a change in someone else's life. So that's that's really good. And you said like you had never dreamed of doing that. And it's it's like it's crazy to think about, but you have changed so many people's lives because of other people's obedience, but also because of your little steps of obedience. And then that's why it's so important to be in tune with God and, and where he's calling you to. And and so, yeah, it, absolutely. And so, you know, like you said, we all have this opportunity to make a difference in somebody else's life. And right. you don't know how big of a uh, opportunity that is, because mm-hmm. just like with, with George, he probably never dreamed where this journey would have taken me. Oh, no. uh, and I'm so thankful for him just taking that that moment again, like going back to that thing of just taking just a minute to 100%. encourage someone to to speak to someone about something. Um, you know, we have opportunities all around us, and so if again going back to mindfulness, uh-huh. uh, be mindful of the people that you have an opportunity to reach each and every day. Uh, I think about this Absolutely. boy that came up to me the other day, and he came up and just gave me a big hug at church, Aww. you know, and he does that a lot. He'll just come over, he'll just seek me out, he'll give me a great big hug. And uh, he, he doesn't uh, attend church every week, and so um, I like to see him there. Uh, but I said, I said, you know what, you're an encourager. That's what you are. Aww. You are an encourager. You yeah. encourage me so much. Every time I see you, you give me a big hug, mm-hmm. and you're an encourager. You're going you're gonna to do great things for God as an encourager. I can yeah. see that. You know, I'm just trying to plant that seed there because I see he's got this gift yeah. of just, you know, being so loving and caring and encouraging to to me. And so I want to kind of, you know, water that seed a little bit so that, yeah. you know, and it's, maybe he'll remember yeah, that. It's so maybe. important to speak life into other people and speak life and light, especially, you know, we've been talking about how younger people can be more influenced. That's why it's so important the little things that parents do or even just the adults and kids lives do make a difference. I mean, you think we're not watching. We totally are like even the little things in the way you live your life says to us what we, what our priorities should be. So what you make your priorities, we're most likely going to follow in that because we're young. We don't know. We don't have experience yet. We're trying to live life just like everybody else. And we're trying to figure it out. So we're looking to, you know, as much as we'd like to say we aren't, we're looking to older people and be like, how do you do it? You know? And that's why I love having this podcast because I've learned so much from great mentors like you and Mrs. Adams and Coach Meacham and just being able to just sit down and across the table from someone who has more experience in these things and how to see how they've spoke life into people is just so encouraging. And I really look up to people in that because I myself want to become that, you know? So I think it's, that's why it's so important to have good mentors in your life and people to speak into you because then you can, you know, go ahead and be just, just as loving and caring. Um, So I kind of wanted to get to a kind of crossroads. So say you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, okay, Mr. Rowdy, I hear you, you know, be grateful, be mindful. Yeah. Yeah. But you practically haven't made right. You know, you love your job. Now you're teaching kids. You have a family living the dream. What if I hate my job? What if I'm still single and no hope of finding anybody? What if I'm naturally pessimistic how do I fight that? Or, you know, how do I adopt an attitude of gratitude and humility when there's just still so much I don't have? What would you say to that person? Well, first I'd say, uh, life is good. (laughs) Life is good. Um, but I don't have it made. (laughs) So, so, uh, if you think I've got it made, uh, you're mistaken, (laughs) but I will have to say I'm very blessed. I I recognize every day how blessed I am, even in the bad times. uh, I count my blessings every day, Mm -hmm. you know, even when things aren't aren't going well um, in some aspect of my life. Um, Because, uh, and and here's where I hope I can identify with those people who may be feeling like that, because um, I was that person. 
You know, right. I was that person. I hated my job. Right. Uh, I had a failed marriage. I wondered if I was ever going to find that special someone. Right. And I knew my first wife wasn't that special someone. And I knew even before we were married, I just knew, but yeah. I was just kind of going through the motions, yeah. you know, letting life take me where it would. Um, I was depressed. I was, I was stuck inside of a bubble, if you will, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, of my own kind of making in right. a way. Like I was stuck inside this bubble. Um, like I, I referred to earlier, drinking heavily. I wasn't happy. Right. Um, but in short, I just wasn't who I am now. God has, has redeemed me. He has, he has freed me from this this prison and this bubble that I was in. Yeah. Um, but the thing about it, and I was thinking about this, but when you're in that kind of a bubble like that, it's kind of like a, like a one-way mirror. Mm. Um, if you ever seen these, these cop shows where they're interviewing, you know, the cops have this person, they're right. examining them yeah, behind, yeah, yeah. behind a one-way mirror and the other people can see inside and see what's going on in there, but that person can't see out. You know, that's kind of how it is when you're inside of a bubble like this is that you can't really see that there's a brighter future that there's hope outside that sometimes you get caught in these things yeah you hate your job yeah you maybe you're you're depressed or you don't have feel like you're ever going to find that that perfect match for you or whatever right. um and so I was kind of that like I said I was kind of that same person I, I didn't really see this this hope or life outside of that that right. bubble that I was in mm-hmm. um and then uh, one day I kind of had this epiphany. I was like, okay, I got to, you know, like I said earlier, I got to kind of break free of this bubble. I've got to do something. I got to get out of this um, and start swimming against the current instead of just letting this current push me right. away. Because, yeah. um, you know, honestly, if you just let life push you wherever it, it pushes you, wherever it wants to push you, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to be happy. You need to seek God's will and his direction and everything that you do. Yeah. Um, but I had just been this person. And when I think back, I'm like, how weak was I? How how foolish and weak was I right. going through those times? You know, I was in high school and you're getting ready to go into engineering. Yeah. You know, I hope you love it. I hope you love <laughs> it. But I was in high school. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Right. I sat down with a guidance counselor. I can remember my senior year and she said, well, Todd, uh, what do you want to do? in college and I was like I have no idea yeah you know, I have no clue yeah and that's she, a lot of people's stories sure yeah and, and so they she said well let's see you you got oh really excellent uh math and science scores on your ACT right. you should probably go into engineering and I was like okay sure so I had no <laughs> desire to go into engineering right. I just went into it because my guidance counselor said you should probably go yeah. into engineering and so I just let the river push me right yeah. on down that path and then of course I get into engineering school and they're like uh, well, you got to have a co-op job. So, okay. So they signed me up for an interview with the Navy and I got that position. I just went right. with the flow, you know, and again, mm-hmm. did I really want to do that? Not so much, but I mean, I had to do it. It was part of the program, right? right? So I'm just, I'm just following what everybody else is telling me to do. And I'm just going and going. And I start working there and I had, so I was all these things. I was in a, a job, uh, that I really wasn't, enjoying yeah or I was, passionate about I wasn't passionate about it yeah, at all I wasn't yeah, passionate yeah. about engineering school I wasn't you know as much yeah. as I love engineering now which right. is odd right. so completely odd changed yeah. yeah but at the time I wasn't happy uh with any of those things and so I just said you know like I said I just had this idea get busy living or get busy dying I was like right. why am I doing these things it just yeah. suddenly this this thing hit me like well how have you got yourself here yeah. how did you wind up here like, you don't want to do any of these things, and yet you're doing them. <laughs> yeah, and just because someone else told you to. Because other people told yeah. me, this is what you should probably do, or right. this is where you need to go, okay? And so I said, you know what? I'm never doing that again. I'm never going to work a job that I don't love right. ever again. I'm going to, you know, not go into something just because somebody tells me I should. 100%. You know? And so I quit. My job. I walked into my go. office when I had that epiphany. I just walked in my office, in the office of my boss, and I said, "I'm going to give you my two weeks' notice. I'm, I'm, want to do something else with my life." And he was totally understanding, and yeah. he was so encouraging, and I was thankful That's for that because great. I did not see him as that kind of person. I, he <laughs> right. was just a very gruff military person. And he oh was like, yeah, hundred you know, percent. Uh, and he was like, "Well, Todd, I wish you the best, you know." And he just was very thank- gracious, gracious, yeah. and thankful, and. They did so many nice things for me uh, before I left. But anyway, I, I dropped out of college. You yeah. know, I'm a college dropout, Olivia, yeah. you know. Um, Look where you are now. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I said, 
and I would say that to other people. Like if if you're not happy with what you're doing, get out. Yeah. I mean, what what's the worst that could happen? Right. You know, there are other jobs out there. There are other things you can do. And 100%. so um, I don't have any regrets uh, quitting that job or doing this. But in all that you do, um, even if it is, you know, hey, I think I'm going to quit my job. I'm not happy here. I, I think I'm going to drop out of school. I'm not happy with it. Maybe I need some time to think about what it is I want to do. Yeah. You know, and I don't. I don't think people should just go into college, you know, out of high school if they don't have a desire to be there, if they don't have a direction. You know, I really don't. You can wait. It's okay. Life is is good. You can just chill for a while and and try to think about and pray about where you need to be, and and God will open up those doors for you. So, you know, I would say um, basically don't go with the flow. Yeah. Seek God's guidance in everything you do. Um, seek the guidance of those around you who are godly people. Yeah. And and things will work out, you know. And don't be in a rush to just go wherever right. you know the stream's taking you. And have the courage to fight against the current that just keeps pushing you down further and further down that stream, where you don't want to go. Um, suddenly, uh, you know, after all that time. You know, when I finally broke free of all those chains that were kind of holding me down, right. uh, I had hope again. I, I realized, 100%. wow, I just kind of started feeling this great empowerment from God that yeah. was just lifting me up and saying, hey, you know what? This is where you need to go. Where you yeah. were going was not the right thing. Yeah, and, and there's no better feeling than being within the will of God. Absolutely. Like, yeah. no better feeling. And I can 100% say that. Mm-hmm. I mean this podcast is part of that. Like you just, I, okay. I'm going to be honest. I never would have thought I would ever do a podcast. This isn't on my own accord guys. Like I literally, (laughs) I've always been told like, you know, I'm an outgoing person, whatnot, but unless God had told me to do this, I would not be where, where I'm at right now. And the support that I've received and the people who have been encouraging me, it's just been overwhelmingly, like I'm overwhelmingly grateful for all that's come about. And it's because of those little steps of obedience. It's because of those people in my life. And I've got a quote from Maya Angelou that goes perfectly with our conversation. Um, it says, I've learned people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Yes, I love that quote. Yeah. And I think that needs to be in like every classroom, every banner, like this, this is important. How we make people feel is important. And, you know, we can speak an encouraging word and we can, you know, serve them, but it's really how we made them feel that truly makes a difference that, you know, could change the trajectory of their life. Um, And so I just want to end off with this, final question or a couple of questions um after all we've talked about today with um thoughtfulness and gratefulness and becoming love what are you most grateful for right now oh gosh um well i jotted down some notes about gratefulness and uh, yeah. one of the things that uh, i immediately thought of was my pastor Mm-hmm. He sings this song quite often at our church. Um, he loves to sing. He just loves to break out into song. Right <laughs> in the sermon, he just break out into song. Oh my and, gosh, and I, love, I it. love that. And um, he sings a song. It's called So Much to Thank Him For. Um, and that's how I feel. Like, I've got so much to be thankful for in my life. 100%. And I'm so blessed. Um, every morning I wake up, I the first thing I do is I thank God. For all my blessings, yeah. you know, I, I list off all the blessings that I'm thankful for: my family, my friends, church family, my church, um, the fact that I have the food, the clothing, and the shelter that we need to survive. Yeah. You know, and so many other things. I'm thankful for God's love and His mercy and His grace. And I, I mean, how could I not be thankful 100%. when I look around at all the amazing things I have in my life? And I'm truly blessed. And I realize that people out there feel like, oh gosh, well, Todd, you know, you're you're blessed, but I don't feel like I have all those blessings, you know. Um, But I've always been more the person that 
is I'm going to be thankful for all the things I have and not focus on all the things I don't have, you right. know, um, or all the bad things in yeah. my life. And I heard, I've heard it said before that if Jesus gave you nothing else but his life, is that enough for you? Yeah. And yeah, it's a harrowing, it's that's, a harrowing thought, yeah. but it's like, are we grateful? Or if you, if you only, woke, if you woke up tomorrow and you only had the things that you thank God for today, you know, would you have everything that wow, you have today? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's, it's stuff like that, that kind of like, like, oh, you know, you got to sit back and think, um, but continue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I've heard other people make that comment too. You know, you know, what if you only had the things you were thankful yeah. for, you know, today, today. um, because wow, it's, yeah. it's really a heart posture, you know, oh, it's yeah. a daily discipline almost. And I've heard it say, you know, and I'm kind of going to throw in an analogy here, but you know, working out, it's never fun in the moment, you know, it's, but you know, you need it in order to stay healthy. And so what I'm trying to say is those daily disciplines will lead to devotion, will lead to the passion that you're seeking. You know what I'm saying? We just have to be willing to take those practical steps of, are we going to get up every day and maybe write down three things we're thankful for? It doesn't have to be a thousand, you know, it could be simple, but I think even, even if you're not a Christian, like that simple exercise, you'll find yourself even finding more things to be thankful for throughout the day. And it's like, oh, I can put that on my list when I make my 10 things I'm grateful for tonight or something like that. You almost look for it then and you just become such a joyful, filled up person. Like you feel full when you do that. And I've experienced that in my own life and the lives of others of just filling ourselves with things that we're grateful for and that we're thankful for and the people around us to share it with. It's just amazing. Yeah. And I like the idea of uh, writing those things down. You know, I thank God every day. Like I said, I thank God every day for my blessings, but I think that's a great idea to, to jot those down yeah. and write those down. And bring other people and, into it too. Like yeah. challenge, challenge them, right? Yeah. Um, challenge them to write down stuff and be like, Hey, will you do this 30 day gratitude challenge with yeah, me yeah. or, you know, 90 days, whatever you want to do, whatever is best for you guys just grab a friend because it's always it's always better with a friend mm -hmm. of just, yes, we each have our own walk with Christ, but community, like we've talked about before, is just so important. It's paramount. I mean, having those voices to speak into your life, I mean, you've seen it throughout your own life. I've seen it throughout mine. They're par paramount to pursuing purpose and finding that passion within you. So um, I think that's, that's super important. Um, one of the my last question for you, and I just want to leave the listeners off with this. What are some practical ways we can practice thoughtfulness in our own lives? What would you suggest having all your experience? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. All my <laughs> wonderful experience. Um, oh, yeah. Well, one of the things uh, I think about when I practice thoughtfulness, first of all, stay off the phone. You know, when 100%. you're with people. Oh my like, gosh, that's so important. Stay off the phone. I agree with that 100%. Be present with those around you yes. and not present with Facebook or right. whatever it, else it is all going goes back on to like text messages. Looking up and you you know, know. seeing the world, for sure. Yeah, like just put the phone away, focus on, and I'm guilty of this too. Oh, you know, 100%. I mean, I am. Like, um, but, you know, whenever we go out for dinner or something, like, I don't ever get on my phone or anything like that. Yeah, I, like, yeah. we should be there to be with one another. But yeah. I look around so often. I see so many families. And, or couples or will be together. Yes, and, and I'm just, just like, on their phone Because the I'm a time. waitress, and I was like, I just see, I it, all see it all the time. I do, and it's sad. It is sad to me. It really does. It breaks my heart. Um, so, so as far as practical ways you can practice thoughtfulness. Yeah. You know, put the phone away. Yeah. Turn it off. I like I that. mean, shut it down completely. Yeah. So it's not even buzzing. Yeah. You know, because even sometimes, you know, people just, you know, put on silent, but then it's that constant buzz, buzz. And then yeah. what are they thinking about? They're thinking You're, about, I wonder who's texting me. Yeah. I wonder Remove who's, the distraction. You know, what's this going to be uh, when I pick it up and look at it? Well, who cares? Yeah. Let it go. It's okay. Yeah. You know, when we grew up, we didn't have cell phones. And guess <laughs> what? We were just fine. Okay, and, old timer, Mr. Mouty. I know. No, yeah. Back, <laughs> back in, in my, my day. day. <laughs> but. Yeah, we, you know, put those things away. You don't need them. Um, you don't have to be on the phone all the time, and you need to spend more time with the people that are there physically with you, you yeah. know. So be present with them. Um, 
some other practical things. Pray for the needs of others. Uh, mm. If you're praying for others, they'll be in your thoughts, right? You need, we yeah. need to be focused on praying for those who are in need or, or even th- those who may not have a specific need that you know of at the moment. Just, you know, be in prayer for other people. Oh, yeah. Uh, tell someone you're thinking about them. A hundred percent. You know, just give them a little, you know, or pat like, on the back. Or like, even hey. like a text and just like, hey, I'm thinking about you. Is there anything I can be praying with you about? You yeah. know, something like it changes people's whole entire day. Absolutely. Like, you know, you've been going through a hard time. You know, I'm thinking about you. You're in, a, you're in my prayers. You know, just let them know that, that you do think about them and that you are praying for them. And just, just let yeah. them be aware. Um because that can that can make a big you difference. You could be a Miss Annie or a George Jones. Right, that's right. You could be that Miss Annie or that George. Um, send someone a note or a card, um, and just try to reach out to anyone who's hurting. Um, yeah, you know that's so important. You know. I mean, the handwritten notes that you know you are so intentional about saying thank you and writing it out. It's something that I honestly am inspired by because you do it so well and you practice it so well. And it means something to have like a handwritten note mm-hmm. yeah. from somebody because number one, you can keep it like you can hold it in your hands. And number two, it just, it's a permanent reminder that somebody somewhere is thinking about you mm-hmm. and you're not alone. And I think yeah. we all need that in our lives. Yeah. Um, no matter if you're going through a loss of a family member or, you know, anything that's happened in your life and you're just down or I think even just impromptu, like I'm thinking about you cards. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's it's so important, and I think it's often neglected because we're we are all so busy with our lives. But if we took maybe just two minutes to write, even just like a little post-it mm-hmm. or something, just say, "Hey, I'm thinking about you," and just give it to them, and it, it'll just mean the world to them. I know when I've received stuff like that, it just it's something that sticks in your mind, kind of like yeah. the Miss Annie or, oh, yeah. you know, George. It's it's that – it just – it stays with you, and it influences you to go ahead and do that for someone else and to, you know, keep the chain going, right? Yeah. And so I, I that's so important, and yeah. I've seen that in your life, and it's it's just so inspiring for me. Well, to see I've that. I've seen it in your life too. <laughs> you, <laughs> I appreciate you, it. <laughs> you were such an encourager, and uh, just like I said about that little boy, you you've been a big encouragement to me oh, this year, you. and I appreciate that. You know, your little notes that you've written me well, over the year, you have. I mean, <laughs> yeah. several times throughout the year, and uh, and I think especially of you know this past this this summer when we we've, we've lost our oldest daughter, and, right. and you guys, you talk about thoughtfulness. What you all did for us was just incredible. I still have those notes. I've read them multiple times over That's the past great. few weeks. Um, but, man, how thoughtful was that for you all to do that for us? Just inspired um, all the, by you, all the No, you were, you were inspired by God, the, the big yes. guy. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was incredible. And uh, I cherish that. Like you said, you know, yeah. you'll cherish those things. And I do cherish those things. Um, I still have them all sitting there in my little and that means the world to Box us, there, and we're so. we're all so grateful for you. I mean, you just you just mean the world to all of us, and I mean, just every student that passes through that doorway, you know, they're going to be loved and cherished by by you, Mister Mowdy, because that's just who you are. It's just that overflowing of your cup, because you are so filled with love and generosity and thoughtfulness and gratefulness you can then spill out into other people's and cups and fill the, them up. And that's why it's so important to fill our own cups up mm-hmm. is so that we can spill into others, so we can be a blessing to others, right? That's that's what this whole life is all about is, you know, how can I love you more, you know? And once we get to thinking about that, we truly, you know, sit down with our thoughts and say, hey, what can I do today, you know, to be a light in someone else's life? If we, if every single person in the world did that, just think about how bright and how loving of a world that this could be. What a revolution. Exactly. But thank you so much, Mr. Rowdy. I mean, this, it's always a joy having a conversation with you, but this has just been so amazing. I've enjoyed so many of our conversations over the year. We've had a lot of good conversations. and And it's, it's good to get insight into your life and see, how 
you know, your journey through that. Cause it really is a journey. It's not something that you just change in a day in a snap. It's really something that you, you know, as the listeners, you have to go out and experience and try some of these things out. I mean, some of the things that me and Mr. Mowdy are talking about, go ahead and take a sheet of paper, and write down five things you're grateful for, you know, go ahead and, you know, write someone a thank you note, or, I mean, you'll be amazed at the fruits that will come from that. So I just want to thank you again, Mr. Mowdy. I mean, your wisdom is just phenomenal. Um, Your joy is just overflowing and we all love you so much. I love you too. Yes, 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 yes. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see y'all next month. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Live Outside the Bubble podcast. If you found this useful and encouraging, please help us out by leaving a rating or review. Also, if this episode made an impact, feel free to share this with a friend. Join me and countless others on the path to a life better lived within God's will and outside of your comfort zone. I'm incredibly grateful for each and every one of you listening. You're more than a listener, but a friend. I encourage you guys to reach out if you have any questions or suggestions on how I can serve you guys better in the future. I love y'all so much. Go out and be a light.